Welcome along to Steve Wraith True Crime Podcast. As you know, every now and then, we don't go down the full true crime route. We'll get people on who've got an interesting life story. And today, I'm pleased to say that I'm welcoming somebody who I've known for many years now, Dominic Negus. How are you, mate? Oh, Steve, I'm just so grateful to be on your show, mate. We've been, like, passing ships for a few <laughs> years now. My fault, folks, I mean, it's, like, it's just like yourself. I've just got a hectic lifestyle. Not lifestyle, but just work. I work... I've got a job with Eric, mate. It's mad. <laughs> it's brilliant, mate. It's brilliant. I've got to, I've got to thank Jamie Boyle for putting this together again because oh, obviously, you know, Jamie's Jamie's done Jamie's done uh, you know tremendously well with uh, you know. You remember when he did your first book? I read it. Yeah. Back, I read it from the front of the back in two days, and uh, you know, having well, you known, it when a lot of words in your saying. Is that what you saying? Well, it was just it was just it was it had us on the edge of my seat, mate. And obviously, because I know oh. you, because I'm a big boxing yeah. fan. I love yeah. reading books about boxing and, and people who, who fought, you know, and, and anyone who gets into the ropes, whether it's professional or licensed amateur, it takes balls to do it. And um, we'll, come to that, we'll come to that. But look, for, yeah. for, the, for the viewers who don't know who you are, tell us, tell us a little bit, where, where were you brought up, Tom? Uh, listen, I was lucky enough. I was, I was born in Bethnal Green, brought up in Woodford, um, little place in Essex. Uh, Mum, dad got a brother. Uh, just left a just led a good life, you know. I mean, we were brought up well. Uh, dad was on the print. Dad was on the Times all his life. Mum Italian. I mean, they're both gone now. Dad's buried in Rayleigh. Mum's at believe it or not, I'm Italian or half Italian. My brother's a slippery looking man. You know, he's got hair and everything. I take after my mum. She was bald as well. Little joke there. Slow little joke there. I'm only joking. Mum looking down at me. <coughs> yeah. <coughs> I mean, I started doing door work at eighteen nineteen. Got, got really involved with the boxing now, you know, I mean, I was working on a firm now and they were saying to me, you know, like back in the day, it was a little bit more, it could be a little bit more hands-on, do you know what I'm saying? I'm in about 89. And then they were going, Dom, like, there's a, a good pal of mine, we're still pals today, a fella called Terry O'Neill and another guy there called uh, Matt, Matty Cooper and another fella called Johnny Camp, Johnny Farstands. And they, all through my life, Johnny's been involved. But they said, Dom, you need to get down to the gym. Get down to the gym, mate. You're wasted. And I, I you know, started boxing when I was 20. Uh, won the Northeast Divs, uh, I think it was 95. No, 90, no, 95, 96. Yeah, or was it 94, 95. Uh, got the England vest, got my London vest. You know, turned pro. And obviously, I won, I won two Sun Area titles. Well, let's Good go back to that. Time. Let's go back to that first fight because you, you're a Bethnal Green boy, and I think yep. you made your pro debut in the York Hall in Bethnal Green yeah, against Gareth, Gareth Thomas. Gareth Thomas, bloody hell, yeah. Well, I think it was at Portsmouth or Plymouth, <laughs> and it's only recently last year. So I kept in contact with all my opponents, really. You know what I mean? It's like you know, you just it's that kind of sport. You have you have self respect, well respect for everyone. Yeah, and I, I remember I knocked him out in the second round. Lovely day. I think it was a fireman, actually. Mm -hmm. Then they put me against a, a kid called Pat Lawrence, Irish lad. Uh, he was over the other side, like the different divs we had. And I, I remember Jim Evans, he was going, uh, like, Jim was a lovely fella. But he goes, oh, when we thought, we thought we could beat you, you know. So I said, fair enough. And then I'm knocking him out in the second round. Then I boxed uh, Navid Anwar. Another, another smashing fella. I stopped him in a couple of rounds, but well, again, another guy that I talked to quite regularly, it's made this Facebook like, ain't it? It's like, <laughs> the people you don't expect have come on board, and, you know, uh, you know, I kept in contact with Nav, and then I had two great fights with uh, Nigel Rafferty, 
I don't you probably know Nigel, he's up your way a little bit in the middle, Midlands, I think, Midlands area champion he was. <laughs> There's me, I've had three fights, and fight against had 75 fights. Yeah. Back then, the fights were so hard, you know. And then two fights, I probably learned more than them two fights against Nigel, because yeah, he knew all the little moves, and you, you know what I mean? Both went to points, didn't they? They both went to points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good fight. Very good fight. I learned more from fighting than I did the knockouts. Then obviously the fight with uh, Chris Henry happened, you know, and then it's still, uh, you know, I don't know if you know, obviously the Southern Area title knocked him out in the last round and, and yeah, he, you know, he went into a coma. And like, thank thank God, you know what I mean, he's come out of that. And this was like 97, this was. And it's just really weird. It was like, and there's this. I'm driving home the other, well, last year, about a year ago, and something came up on Facebook, <coughs> and it was the poster for this Chris Henry fight. And I, I, since that fight, <coughs> what I did, Steve, I blocked it out of my head. It's really weird what you can do with your mind. Yeah. And I was driving back from Leibridge Road, because I work in Acme, and all of a sudden, someone is following me bloody chewing gum. This, um, this poster came up on Facebook. <coughs> do you know how to stop? And it really threw me off. It really threw me off. It, I was in a bit of, I wouldn't say shock, but I thought, bloody hell, 97. That's like, that's the last was like 20 odd years ago. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like 97. Yeah, it's like, it, was, it would have been last year. About 20, 23 years ago. And I sat there and I had the phone up. I was with a girl back then called Lindsay. Great, you know, even today we're still good friends. <laughs> and I had the phone up. I said, Lindsay, you know, I'm just driving. Home. It felt like someone chimed me. It really did. I went, I had to pull over. And I had a bit of a moment, I'm not, not embarrassed, so I was a little bit like, you know, a bit, bloody hell, like, you know. And she said, you, you suffer a lot from this post-traumatic syndrome. Because she said, you don't realise, obviously with the boxing, when you put things to the back of your head, and obviously through, look, she ain't silly, she knows what I got involved in later on in life. I, I do actually, I've been to, been to see a couple of people, and a couple of doctors said, you do suffer from this post-traumatic syndrome. I really suffer, I get bad nightmares and stuff like that, and you know, that and my snoring, you ain't going to get much of a good night's sleep with me, I'm afraid, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, so, like, the Chris the Chris Henry fight was, uh, that was supposed to be my my night, and it really turned out to be a bit of a disaster, do you know what I'm saying? It was like, and it really did affect my career a little bit, do you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's about being honest with myself, I should say, you know, I could, listen, I can sit here and tell you a million lies, Steve, but when I sit on my own, I, I've got, I've got to sit on my own, do you know what I'm saying? And that's when it sort of like comes back. Do you know what I'm saying? So, so, that, was, yeah, so that was the Southern Area Cruiser title, which you won. Yeah. I mean, your next fight was yeah. a few months later against Trevor Small. Was it hard getting back yeah. in the ring? Yeah, I mean, can I be honest with you? The only fight I've ever had, again, it's about being honest. If I don't tell you what's people are going to, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm an hard man. You know what I mean? But it's like, I was scared. First time ever, I was actually scared going to fight. Now, I didn't say nothing, you know, and obviously I'm in the, I'm in the car, me and Lenny, we're in the car, and we got, you know, when he fights, <coughs> we're driving to uh, Elephant Castle, and I just want to keep driving. Do you know, I'm honest, I could easily, you know, when people say, like, they go, oh, they gaze at, you know, a couple of people, like, they're like, booking for fights and they don't turn up. I'm like, I relate to that. If it's like for a genuine reason, but I had it was the fact that, yeah, I was actually scared. And it took me to the second round and Trevor whacked me. Then I went on it. So I went back and go, yeah, I know what I'm here for. I mean, it all kicks in again, you know. Got a draw there. I mean, I thought we were a bit hard done by. But listen, I'm not going to, uh, I would never think he, Trevor, without. He's a good, good, tough guy. Uh, 
Then I think after, I can't remember, remember Constantine Ockery, I think. Next, That's the it? one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, he's got a good fighter he was. He'd give Henry Walton all the, all the problems he could handle. Uh, but I remember boxing him. And we had, we had a little game, like, we had a, like he's going, we're going to try and box, do this. Because believe it, I think you know, so I'm not an, I'm not an half-bad boxer. I just want to, even now, I still want to fight everybody, you know what I mean? I was never good at sparring, because getting sparring, I just want to bash everyone up. And it was like, you know, that's, that was my mentality. It was like the old Marvin Agler thing, seek and destroy. You know, I didn't want to be in there. You know, when people go, well, I thought I'd get in there, do a few rounds. So that's a load of old bollocks, mate, because no one wants to be in there any longer. You're telling me you want to be in Because you only take one shot and it can ruin your night, do you know what I'm saying? Mm. But this opera, he was so... First couple of rounds, I'm throwing, he's hitting me over the top of the right hand. I thought, cool, a bit slippy, this geezer. You know, and I'm about the third or fourth round, all of a sudden, he's, I kept up touching my face, and it was killing me. It was really, it was so tender. Anyway, so he got about the seven, I think it was the sixth round. Lenny went to me, end of the sixth round, come to some, goes, Dom, you just got to go and bash this geezer. Don't worry about the boxing, just go and bash him up. And I knocked him out, it was a, it was a, I remember hitting him with a left hook to the body, boom. And as I threw a left hook to the end, I'm, Spun round. I went, Where, where's he gone? Because he's on the floor. And the funniest thing, if you ever watch on Euro Sports, a lovely fella, you know, like you do, you go, hello, mate, Arthur's, thanks, man. I touched him on the roof. He went, Ooh. <laughs> I mean, you know, um, but it turned out a knee infection and all my face swelled up the next day was out here. And I had to go, I was in terrible pain, I was for a couple of days. And that was probably the closest ever I've ever been in a fight where I wanted to come out. You know, I mean, I lost a couple of fights, couple of, you know, I got pulled out in a couple of, well, one of my fights and whatever. But I'd never wanted to, because I've got to keep going. I've got, that's where, I mean, I'm this Italian, don't go backwards, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's on. Um, but yeah, and that, that was a tough fight. And then obviously after that, we boxed Bruce Scott, yeah. which was a, that was, that was my, in a way, I wouldn't say my baptism of fire, but it just made me realise I was world class. I mean, because you know Bruce, Bruce then, after me, beat Darren Corbett, who in my book is he's such a good champion. A, he's a great guy, but it was always such. Listen, if we ever fought me and Dan, it would have been fireworks. And in some ways, I'm quite glad I didn't because I think probably I would have come out with a bit of an headache, you know what I'm saying, Steve? But you know, so and then Bruce Scott, Bruce beat me. They stopped the fight, I think, the ninth round, if I think if I remember. I had a bit of a cut. Oh, no, it's this side, cut underneath the eye. But he caught me with a big up, uppercut. I stayed into the ropes and the ref jumped in there. And he went, good guy. It was a great fight, but he needs to live to fight another day. Because it was me, you know, I, I, there's me, I had six fights or seven fights. I'm boxing the geese, I think they had 21 or seven, something like that. We had something like 17 knockouts. And me, we were just, we got off the fight. I'm going to take it. I was never shy about fighting anyone. Mm. But then after that, we quit went a little bit. I don't know, regular put it just went a bit up and down his thing. You know yeah, you like, I mean you lost your you lost your title on <laughs> yeah. that, mate. And I think you only had one more fight in 1998, which was against Kevin yeah. Mitchell. Yeah, now, now talk now, Kevin. I hope Kevin he he turned out to be such a, a shining angel to me in my life. Because uh, I'm not making this listen, the first fight that pulled me out, uh, I think the fifth round or fourth round, I my eyes were playing up, what it was dehydrated. I've I'm up to about, it's the first time I started, you know, like we, we hear this story about fighters drinking, starting out having a drink. I never used to drink. And I just don't, you know, we went, I have, and it's nobody, no one's fault. But I split up with a girl I was with then, and I was a bit heartbroken. And that's always seems to be my problem, you know. I mean, you hit me in a baseball bat, I'll come back laughing. You break my heart and I'm right in trouble, you know what I mean? I'm a bit of a fanny like that. But, uh, <laughs> so I started drinking. So when I come back, 
we had two weeks before the fight. I was, I was working away two weeks before this fight. I was doing my runs up north and that while I was working. But I'd come back and I was heavy because I was drinking Guinness. So I had to try and, and I, I cheated at the weight, got in a sauna. And I, you know, I mean, that, that really caused problems. So then we had the rematch with Kevin and we uh, we were quite lucky. To me, it was quite a, a do or die, die fight for me. And we were speaking, we, me and Kevin were speaking. I think that fight, believe it or not, it was one of them fights that I think we both left a little bit behind, you know what I'm saying, in the ring. You know, like you see these Rocky fights. Yeah. And I know he wanted to win this title so bad. And I knew if I didn't beat Kevin, my base, my career was over. And it was like I trained so hard, I put myself under so much pressure. And we did have a great, great, great fight. And it was on uh, Graham Mountain's uh, promotion. It was at Barking uh, Assembly Hall. And it was brilliant. I mean, I don't, don't remember, it was a tough fight. And it was, I wouldn't say easy, but it was the only easier. And playing. this ain't no disrespect again, but I listened to Lenny. One of the first times. And then we had this plan because <laughs> we went away and watched Kevin and and we just stuck to this plan. We just outboxed him. <laughs> then we had the next fight, I think, was a British title eliminator against Chris Willis. Uh, and even in the Boxing News then, it said after that fight, I won, I think it was 99, but I won right. Basically, I won every round. The only round I lost was the last round, Steve, because I was hitting on the break, you know, and they took a round. I mean, again, uh, that was probably one of the easiest fights I had. Not Nothing to do with Chris again, because Chris was great. Because all I'm just saying, because I listened. And then after that, we saw like we lost our way a little bit again. I had a few problems outside the ring. I was getting involved with bits and bobs, and you know, and then all of a sudden it, it took away basically, it, it took a you know, it took my hunger away. Do you know what I'm saying? So, because all I ever did was train, train, but obviously, I was. Well, I got involved in a couple of other little bits. I was getting money yeah. outside of boxing then. And then well, it's like... we'll come on, we'll come on to that. Let's let, I mean we'll, we'll finish with the boxing. I mean the Kevin the Kevin yeah. Mitchell fight, you won the the Yeah, I remember boxing Gary. That was a great fight. Gary used his head a little bit. He got in he got underneath my skin. I mean, he was supposed to be the kid on the block. I was a new kid on the block. We had a big big press conference, and I always remember at the castle pub, and he was going um, you know, like, it's like being the toughest kid at school. And I said, look, mate, we're at school now and things like that. And he got the first two rounds. I remember Lenny, <coughs> Lenny going to me, Dom, he was like ecstatic. He said, Dom, you're going to knock him out, mate. You're taking him in pieces. The first two rounds were easiest I've ever had. And he got into my head a little bit, started winding him out. Come on, Negus. Come on, Negus. And I'm like, what? And all of a sudden, dropped my hands and he was hitting me. And like, and I'm hitting him on the break. And then uh, I lost, basically, I lost two rounds. They took a couple of points away from us. And he, and he won the fight. Through that, I mean, this is again another. You know, it's funny. <coughs> uh, through boxing, uh, that kind of respect, you earn your friendship, don't you? I mean, it's like Gary. I know Gary's had his own problems outside the ring, but he's one guy I really respect. <coughs> I speak to him occasionally. You know, I've, I've, I know he's not going to go into his life. I know he was on holiday for a while. If you know what I mean. But I mean, it's one of them guys I'd love to go and sit down and have a bit of dinner with. And I mean, we've got a million war stories we could sit there all night talking about with me and Gary. But uh, yeah, and he's, then after I think I went Gary. Oh, then I got offered. Obviously, I lost that fight. I can't remember. You fought. Then you I fought got, a good pal of mine next. You fought Paul Fisk. <coughs> I've actually boxed Paul three times. And yeah, I, it, twice on the unlight, and I just say, and each time it's always gone in. Because listen, I know we Paul can't muck about with that geezer. Look at the size. It's the size of a house. <coughs> but his son actually again get back to St. Elsquick. His son's uh, 
uh, a policeman where well, he's gone up the ranks, a lovely guy called Ben, Ben Fisk. And I work in this hostel in uh, near Stoke Newton. And I said, this, this big, big lad walks in one day. And I remember Paul saying to me, he said, Dom, if you ever go, <laughs> if you ever down anyway, my son's a policeman down there. So he walked, this big guy walks into the hostel, and he's a lump, no, I'm a lump, but. And I've gone, hello, mate, you all right? Yeah, come to one CCTV. I said, yeah, go, mate, off you go. And a girl came in, be it like the lady policewoman. I went, all right, gorgeous. Can't call her gorgeous. And I went, all right, mate, something, you know what I mean? And I've got, he's in the other room checking the, the CCTV. And I've turned around to the girl, I said, why any chance? I said, where are you at? He goes, oh, Stokey. I said, okay. Do you know a guy called <coughs> Ben Fisk? And she started laughing. <coughs> and I go, what are you laughing? He goes, that's him. So I've gone, oi, now this cop, don't know me from man. I've gone, oi, Fisky. I've changed your old man three times. And he turned around and goes, Dom? Dom? And do you know what? <coughs> he's, I hope Paul's watching this. Be proud of that boy. Uh, he's been, he's a great, you know, policeman or whatever. He's, a, you know, he's good at his job. But he's like, what a lovely guy. You know what I mean? If that was mine, I'd be proud of him. Do you know what I'm saying? He was like, you know, does his job courageously. You know what it's like. I mean, I'm, you know, whatever way I was going, but like Ben's a great, you know, great fella. And then like again, you know, I think Paul's must be a good dad to produce a son like that. But again, yeah, with Paul, I remember, yeah, boxing him. Uh, uh, that was a your call. And then I remember, I think, was it then, did I box uh, for the WBU Eamon, super middleweight? Uh, Eamon, super cruiserweight. Eamon Glennon after that, wasn't it? Ah. Uh, yeah, I was supposed to fight, uh, was it Simon McDougall? Yeah. And it, but I remember, I mean, because he's, he's, he's been gone a few years now, and it's like, but so something happened with Simon, and then they pulled, what's it, Eamon in? And yeah. he, was, he, he was a tough boy. He was tough, but just boxed him, you know. Um, so that was another, you know, another good look. And they were supposed to, I think, supposed to be a six or eight round, but he got cut, you know, he was running in fights again. I'll be running out of time. So we cut it down to four. So I did that, and then I think I boxed uh, Eddie Knight in for the WBU Super Cruiserweight title. <laughs> and they bought it in then, because they were trying to change the weights. And like Eddie, Eddie's a tough, tough boy. But I just remember going first round was a bit close. And he, he, he thought, quite, this guy's is quite snappy, you know what I mean? I thought, well, okay, I'll be a bit careful. And I could hear, hear Dean Powell going, body, left to the body. So I just touched it, whipped that body shot in, which become a bit of a trademark for us. And... As they say, was it Sailor V? No, that was the end of that one. Which I thank God it did. I mean, I think me and Eddie would have been at it all night otherwise. Uh, I can't wait for name. I think Paul, Paul, was, bon, Paul Bonson uh, was the next one. Which is another one of your guys from Fuzzy from Featherstone. Which is another which is another win. <laughs> you can eat that geese with a dumping truck, mate, in keeps coming. But another good guy, another good guy. I mean, if anybody ever got the thought to see that fight, it was probably one, it was from me, because no one really, I could box, and it was like, I actually, because I knew I was never going to knock him out, I could literally go, and even though I'm a, I am quite a big puncher, I just knew I wasn't going to knock him out, so he was just boxing, and that was nice, and then I think, then it was, was it the fight for the Harrison fight, I think? Yeah, I mean, this is a one which, you know, even non-boxing fans will probably remember for, for all the wrong reasons for you, I oh, guess. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Audley Harrison was a big unit. I mean, I remember him. I remember when I worked on the doors in Newcastle. I remember him having a big fight at Newcastle Arena. It was the biggest uh, flop for a, for a main fight ever on Tyneside that I can remember. But I remember I was working at a nightclub door. Um, and when he turned up, uh, Dom, and I've, I, bearing in mind now I've met both of you, he was a unit, no, but he couldn't he's, throw he's, a punch yeah. to save his life. I, 
he couldn't box eggs, is what we, we would say up in Newcastle. Um, for a big lad, he, he just he was a he was a major letdown. But you had you had quite a controversial fight. Yeah, I mean it was like I could sort of remember everyone's going, oh well, <coughs> yeah, yeah, all that. Listen, if you were, I know, you know, obviously there was <coughs> other stuff around it. You know, I mean, I've got the scales. I did seventeen stone. I looked good. Obviously, like you know, there was a bit of illegal substances involved. Look, I paid the price for that. I lowered my hands up. Even in the first book, we did a chapter in it, and I called it cheat. You know, I took a bit of like you know, being honest, took steroids. You know, paid the price for that. And even if I did win the fight, I would never, I would have always left a sour taste in my mouth. Do you know what I'm saying? Because I know, but it was one of these fights that I knew if I come in at 15 stone, it would have just blown me out of the water. I was just too small for him. But I just remember <coughs> being in the fight about the fourth, and I'm getting like, you know, because I'm carrying this extra weight, and I was getting tired. Like, you know, I could do a 10 round or a mix, 12 rounds each. But <coughs> fighting a guy that big, and I know what you say, like, you know, he is a major letdown, but. Listen, I'm giving these dudes right. You don't get gold medals for nothing, right? So you could box, you know. And I thought, when we got in the ring, I thought the first round, I thought, God, he's got, got such good footwork, very good footwork. And he had tremendous hand speed for a big guy. Because I remember the second round, I've just got to step in with a shot. And my head just went, like, and I'm looking at the ceiling. Thinking, What's up there? You know what I mean? <laughs> but then it was like, in the fourth round, the infamous fourth round, if you watch, I'm getting a bit tired. And as I throw the right hand, you watch, he half pushes me, like he parries the shot, and I'm half like that. Like I've gone, I thought, like, business with him, I think, and they get a little bit of a break here. And uh, you see me takes one, well, two steps away, because give me his juice, he wasn't in the wrong note. See, everybody said, no, he wasn't in the wrong, because I didn't actually touch my glove on the floor. And then he walks back and goes, right, it's me as hard as he can. Then I've got the ump, you know what I mean? Then I've got the ump. Then it was like the old, the, you know, and then I and I jumped out and stuck the old nut on him like you do. And to be honest with you, that's probably the only the man. The second that shot he hit me within a second, my I had a lump on my head and my nose was a bit flat, like because I remember we went out and we went out, um, we went for something to eat the next day. And my friends said, "Where are these sunglasses?" And the sunglasses only fit halfway down because my nose was so swollen. It was like that. It was, it was but <clears throat> yeah. Listen, he beat me on points. Bit gutty because I, I, I now think perhaps if I didn't take you know the steroids, I probably would have done a bit better. Do you know what I'm saying? But that was um, that was basically the end of my pro career, really. Because you I know, the thing I, that, if I remember right as well, I mean, you you like everybody in boxing, you know, win win lose a draw, you always show the respect for your opponent. And it was that rather unsavory incident where you you know you wanted to go in and see him after the fight, oh, wasn't it? Well, thanks. I mean, it's like my dad's been gone nearly 18 years now, and dad was in a wheelchair. Listen, I thought, you know, like, you know, we had battles like Bruce Scott and things like that. I still talk to him now. So, you know, <clears throat> and he's, I took my dad, he's in a wheelchair, he's come up from a crook with the crumbs from Clacton, and we rolled, we rolled in. And I said, uh, and Phil Taunts was there. And I knocked on the door, I said, oh, Phil, you're right, mate. I said, look, my dad's here to see, like, you know, uh, what's his name? Oh, just, we're going now. And he went, he don't want to see you. My brother, I thought, oh, I've got mad, you know, ah, I'll take my fuck off and all this stuff. And I said, come on, Dad, fuck him. Like, my dad's going, well, you know, he's that was a Olympic champion, ain't he? And it's such a shame, really. I mean, because I don't think all, does he care, care anyway, do you know what I'm saying? But it's, that's why I always left the bad taste in my mouth. <clears throat> so when we used to do the security, you know, I've been doing the security shows all my life, even though I've come away from the last few years. Um, 
we were doing, I think it was all the Harrison against, I think it was the first Danny Williams fight. I think it's one he, I think he lost, I can't remember, he lost, I don't know about, but my, so I walked out one of the fighters and they gone, what, you've got to walk out all day. I said, I don't fucking think so. You know, I'm going to sit in the crowd. I said, I'm not walking him out. You know what I mean? It's like me being me. You know, you know what I'm like, Steve, what you see is what you get. But to be honest, that's a shame, really, because that's one of the things, two things I'd always like to do, and I mentioned it before, Two guys I like to sit and have a coffee with Zoldley and obviously Chris Emery. You know what I mean? Just to, you know, listen, life goes on, doesn't it? It's like, you know, you look at me like 20 years ago and I'll hold my hands up. Yeah, I was probably not very educated. Not that I'm educated that well now, but I'm a lot better. I think I've been educated through life. You know, and, and you know, like yourself, it's a hard knocks life. We ain't been given nothing easy. And it's like, you know, I feel some, some of the time I've been in a bloody bumper car. You know what I mean? Get through like, bum, 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 bum. But, you know, and it is a shame with that, the old Garrison fight. So, yeah, I'm not really, uh, you know, I've got so much notoriety out of that. It basically, in some ways, blew my cover for the other work I was, you know, I was doing debt collecting and stuff like that. Then, yeah. really, you know. Let's get, let's go into that. I mean, you got it, you got involved in, in, in the rather <laughs> unsavory side of life, didn't you? I mean, you know, yeah. you, you, how, how did I was that doing happen? door work at 19. So, and then also, you know, what's up? You could do the door work. You get other things. Oh, you know, son, you know, anybody can do it. It's all a load of old rubbish, old Steve, you know. And then I said, I got involved with a bit of, like, you know, debts and things like that. And, you know, <clears throat> it's all like, you know, I, I basically, you know, ruin, ruin things, really. You know what I'm saying? Because by rights, you know, if I just kept me head down with a boxing, uh, you know, and, and, and even with the old Harrison White, without doing what I did there, I probably would have got what I wanted out of life. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, just because I'm not just, I think you know me well enough. Listen, I was a world-class fighter, but then I didn't have a world-class brain, shall I say. I was too involved with, you know, <clears throat> I got bullied as a kid. You know, when I was his son, people started, you know, what they say, there's a thin line between uh, fear and respect. <laughs> and I, I think some people were like, not fearing me because of people going, oh, who's this geezer think he's talking, uh, but, you know, I'll be, oh, that's, I become, you know, well, I got bullied as a kid. I become a bit of a bully because my power in some ways become my weakness. Do you know what I'm saying? It was like I'd hang about with people I'd only known for five minutes, walk some, or they'd take me somewhere, then you know, we're going to have problems. I don't know. It's my power, ain't they? They said, What? Boss, bish, bang, bong. And all of a sudden, you're in the middle of something. And that's where the, you know, that's why I got involved in a lot of other things. You know, I, I seem to be the backup man for a lot of people. Do you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, if we're going to go down that road, then obviously, yeah, then obviously I got my ass smacked a little bit, didn't I? But, you know, I picked on the wall, I must have upset the wrong people. What so, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I know you're not going to name names, but I mean, the whole situation developed, <laughs> didn't it? And as you say, I think you were, you were at your gym training and um, yeah. some rather heavy <laughs> rather heavy geezers came in. Yeah, they weren't auditioning for come dancing, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why I can laugh about it, one. I mean, it's... And I, and, I, and I mean this from the pop. Them three fellas, who I've said this time and time again, don't know who it was, don't know, don't care who it was, that's over. You know, forget that, it's 18 years ago. But them, them guys made me see the light, you know, I mean, that's why we did the second book. One was out of the shadows and then I was into the light. You know, my, my, uh, my wife, she was pregnant with Bella then. And then it was just, I realised then that wasn't a life. I got so lost, Steve. You know, it's like you when you go acting, like you're, you're telling me you've got to get yourself in a role, don't you? You could be sitting indoors with your wife and kids that night, and the next day you might be playing some like psycho nutter, and you, you've got to get in the role. And that's what you seem to be in that kind of world. I mean, 
I got very, very lost. And even today, I still suffer. I really start to get uh, nightmares and stuff like that, you know. But just our life, you know, it's my fault. No one else's. And it, and it was like, um, you know, I don't know, I just got lost from my, my true self. And it took it took that kick up the arse to make me realise, whoa, hold on, hold on, this ain't the life for me. And then it was like really weird. I, I disappeared for a while and I come back and I went back working on building sites and back doing security. And it, and it was nice to be kind of around a bit of normality. Do you know what I'm saying? It was like, because that, well, that, it's, it's a lot of old bollocks. Steve, you know, man, I've got to tell you, it's so false. It's like, <clears throat> you know, when I got, when I got my ass kicked, and I did get my ass kicked, well, I didn't get my ass kicked, I got my head caved in, really, you know what I mean? It ruined, it's ruined my airline, you know <laughs> But, I mean, it's like, I can always remember, you know, like, people, like go in a bar, and they'd be going, oh, you're right, Dom, he's a good guy, and then behind my back, because he deserved that, you know, blow, he can't, you know, I, I was throwing my weight around a little bit, you know, and I'd become a bit of a bully, you know, where I'd walk into nightclubs, not, I ain't pain, don't know, you know, don't know, you know, don't know I am sort of thing. And it was, I've become someone I quite despised in the end, Steve, do you know what I mean? And it's, again, you'll always, again, we mentioned, my, my daughter come along and she's made me a better man, totally a better man. And it's funny, I sat there, I was sitting there today <clears throat> and just something come up and someone's talking about, oh, I used to, I know it was yesterday, someone's talking about, oh, I would see this thing about you and, and I, he said, I didn't, I wouldn't have liked you back then. And I said, you know what? I wouldn't have liked me back then either. Because I was honest, I was, you know, I was a good guy. I mean, I, I'm a good guy, you know what I'm saying? And I, I was always one of them people that was that they say, right is might. I was always for the underdog. You know, someone's got a problem. Who are you going to call? You know, it ain't the A team, but like, I mean, I'd be a directors, but Dominic would be around. Because I was always there to, I don't know, just back people up because I suppose... That's what I always wanted. But, I mean, when I had my bit of grief, all the so-called people I'd ran me, you know, there's only a couple of people that actually stood by me. And, you know, I said before, and I will say again, I'm, you know, I deserved it. Not, I don't know what it was about, but you can't go living the life I was leading and not expect to get a kick up the arse. You know what I'm saying? It was like... It was a little bit know, more than that, that has to be said. I mean, they set about you with an axe and you had a gun pointed at your head, Dom. Yeah, but thank God it weren't a good shot. You know what I mean? <laughs> I want to I want to laugh about. It. I want to try and put a bit of a thing on it because you know, you know the was in, in back then. If I'm being, I was quite every duty myself. When I used to go to work, it wasn't it wasn't Quinsby or Rawls. I wouldn't sit there and go, "Hey, put them up." You know, what I mean, whatever straight now. You know, when I went to work, you did do as you're told, and you know. But then going, it's just you know, one of the things with me, I was a big. But if I couldn't take it, then I shouldn't give it. Listen, I took it, took my licks, wiped my mouth, and I just said, you know what. That's me. Not because of that, but also, you know, it, it proved the point to me. It proved a very good learning curve for me. But then also it was, uh, you know, I said, my wife, she was pregnant with Bella. And I just realised that ain't the life to be. I didn't want, I didn't want to be in that life no more. And it was, and it, and it made me realise, even now, it's, again, so you know, you know, the amount of phone calls I get, oh, people, can I help? Oh, do you know this guy? Yeah, of course, I know, you know, like, so no, loads of people. But do I want to get involved? No, I don't want to get involved anymore. Again, I pay the price. And then, you know, when people go, uh, you can't keep blaming your past on your future. I get that. But sometimes it's, and it's easier said than done when they go, well, you've got to let it go. But it's, I can't, it's in there, it's been smashed into me, you know, it's like, it's not as easy as going, well, you can't keep, you know, you, you know, worrying about your future because of your past. But, you know, I, 
you know, the problem, I, I don't know, it's just hard for me, Steve, that's all, just to let certain things go. But, I mean, it's just not not that, just, I don't know, I just want to be left alone, mate, that's all. We, I understand that, I understand. Were you, were you scared at <coughs> that moment? Were you scared? <coughs> if I'm being honest with you, when I get in there with the X, I've got bloody yum. You know, yeah. I'm on the clock. I still remember being on the phone. So I remember it every day. Every day I remember something. And I remember, you know, they're coming, whatever, and I'm on the floor. And I'm thinking, my exact was, get up, Dom, you're meant to be hard. Get up, you idiot. And it's, but I didn't realise all this. I thought it was water, but it was all blood pissing out of me. And I thought, you know, I was in a bit of a mess. They, oh, they did half a decent job. I don't say too much, but they did, it wasn't a bad job, you know what I mean? I'll give them a seven out of ten, but I wouldn't be like, I'm not telling you to come back again, bro. You leave that, man. You did your job and it's cool. Getting, but, back, getting, under the, getting under the door work. I mean, I, you know, I did it for 18 years. Um, you know, from, from your perspective, any any funny stories about doing the door? Because, I mean, you know, the, we know it's oh, full of listen, violence. We know it's full of yeah, people... I, I was a young kid working at a certain club and we, it was all like, like my, uh, funny old haircuts I had. Like, and I remember we'd been working at the Astoria one night. My pal, I wasn't, I wasn't working, I'd gone up there. And a big, there's a big melee in the, in the, the foyer. My mate Johnny Farsan's been bundled by about five people. So I've got in there and I've tried to break it. Well, I did, I did my best. My mate John's going, bloody hell. All of a sudden, it was getting lighter and lighter. And I used to wear glasses, and they've gone flying, and so I'm just getting stuck in. And then he goes, I've seen this fellow in this island of rugby top, you know, it's like red, yellow squares. And he goes, well, do you see this geezer? And they're like, whacking these people. And he goes, but you know, it's from there. Well, this geezer was going, um, what did you say? Oh, you like, G.I. Joey glasses, you are. So we went to this, well, I was working, well, I wasn't working, but I'm going to pop this guy in summer club in uh, South London. And I remember there, there was a bit of trouble inside. And like you do, when you've got the night off, but you still think you're on patrol with your mates because all there, you know, you can't... You're telling me you ain't been in a club with your mates and you're having a beer one night. Well, I didn't really drink then. And it's all kicked off and this fella got thrown out. And this fella had this mad Mohican, like big red Mohican. <clears throat> anyway, so he's going to... He's like, we chucked him out. And he went, you know, when he goes, we'll not go away. Yeah, I'm going to come back and go away, mate. No, I'm just standing there. Go away, mate. Go and I'm just standing. I said, he said something to me. I said, I suppose, I said, suppose you're going to call me G.I. Joe with glasses, ain't you? And part of my French, if I'm allowed to say this, he goes, nah, you're, you'll see you next Tuesday. You're, you know, and I went, pardon? I'm a, and he goes, yeah, you're, I said, I'm a bookie. Because as he looks at my mate, I've chinned him. As I've chinned him, his head's at the wall. I didn't think that I've got, I've, 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 my mate goes, you better fuck off. He said, like, so I've gone down, yeah, there's another club we were doing, so I've gone around to see me mates, oh, bloody hell, what's happened? You know, I saw on the way back when all the clubs are shut, we've gone back, I knocked on the door, and they're going, what happened? I said, blah, blah, because oh, there's a big pool of blood outside, they took him away. Anyway, then he, he come back, thank God he was, this is all right, got knocked out, but it was all right, because it worried me, it did. But I remember, so the two fellas that were working in-house, and one was called Dermot, and I can't remember the other fella's name, but one was like a rugby enthusiast. And he come up to me, he goes, and why he said he goes, he's a corking right hand, you for he's quite boss. And he's pulled this plastic bag out. And he and as because as I've eaten him, he's at the wall. And as he's, he's come away from the wall, he's left a tuft of this red Mohican stuck in, in this wall. And they kept it for me. And this is like, I mean, if you can think that's funny, I mean it, <clears throat> I mean, but I mean, we had other things. I mean, it was like I remember we were working at the forum at Kentish Town, and this ain't right about. I just remember, do you remember Baby Bird? You're gorgeous. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I can't remember the geezer's name now. Is it something Jones or something like that? Yeah. Quite a nice guy. Listen, 
but he comes in the fall for them. I'm all saying, oh, God, we're like, we're all tough guys. And he goes, oh, so-and-so, so-and-so, uh, guest list, baby bird, blah, blah, blah. So he comes in. As he walks in, I stopped him. I said, hold on, mate. I said, what? So I've got to tell you something. I said, what? I was going, you're gorgeous. Dude. And he, I said, I love your song, mate. I love your song. I'm a bit, and I'm a, I love the music scene. He was like, you know, we were quite lucky. We were quite lucky that, like, the things we done, I mean, there was the, the team I was working with were rap man Oasis, you know what I mean? So when we used to do like Prince Nazine, we did all the security, you know, I was quite lucky. I think some of his fight, like a bit of personal security through the company, Top Guard. <clears throat> so we, we we got to meet loads of different, yeah, and there's this, you like your boxing, Steve. Yeah. He was the night, he was the night before he fought Paul Ingle. So we met, that, that was in Manchester, yeah. So now we get a call, I think it's about half 10 at night. It's after the Wayne. <laughs> Prince wants to go out. So what what's after you think the geese wants to be asleep again? He wants to go out. He wants to play pool. So I said, okay, so there's I was quite lucky because <clears throat> like Naz, he used to quite he liked, I'm not quite like I'm quite I think everyone can talk like likes me, don't they? Everyone likes a village idiot. But <clears throat> anyway, so I'm, I'm in the front with him and he wants to play pool. We're driving in the middle of Piccadilly. So Kev that Kev, it was running, it was always, he was the main man, Kevin. He's gone into this pool and we go, look, we've got Prince Nazim wants to play pool or snooker. And he goes, of course you have, mate. He said, yeah, I, I promise you, but he wants to be left alone. So we got into this pool and half was snooker and half was pool. And what they did, they segregated. We had the pool side and we had to stand basically stop anybody come near him. So now the guys thought we were lying. So we've gone up to this pool and people are going, oh, some Prince walks in, none of his playing pool. And I'm telling you, Nass, they were sitting there Within half an hour, you know, there's a bit of a commotion down. So what's going on? All of a sudden, Tommy Earns walks in, right? Tommy Earns walks into this thing. Uh, what's his name? Emmanuel Stewart walks in. And I can't remember, there's about five proper, and they're fighting on the same bill. And then you have, what's his name? Uh, out of uh, Happy Monday, Sean Wider turns up with that renowned, he's gelping and renowned or something like that. Yeah. The, you know, the singer. It was the most surreal thing, Emmanuel, and it was the most surreal thing I've ever seen. And they're all playing pole. We're just looking at each other going, that's just, man, I ain't got Tommy Owens there. You've got Emmanuel Stewart, Nazzy's there. Uh, I can't remember, there's another heavyweight turn up, but a proper face. He's like an old idiot, you know. Uh, George Foreman, George Foreman, because he George was there Foreman. doing the commentary. And I'm like, these are the people, like, these are my heroes. But because I was such a, you know, I mean, no, I mean, I was trying to always be professional. So no, my mate's got a picture with me. I said, I can't do it, mate. I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm working. I always remember when we were rap man, um, Costa the Zoo, when he came over to fight uh, Ricky Atten, we were with him for three weeks. Susie got in there. So the day, so the day he turned up to the day he left, we were with him. And we, we got rap man, he's uh, like a uh, manage, management team. There was a fellow called Ronnie Nash, still friends with Ronnie and uh, Carrie, his wife. If you're listening, love you to death. Keep promising to go to Australia, but I haven't done that yet. But I mean, I was, we were rep man this team. <clears throat> Obviously, he goes to the fight. And I knew he turns out, he's bloody Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe, gladiator. So we all had this picture done with him. It was amazing, it was. It was like, and we were quite, we were quite lucky, really. It was like, you know, some of the fights, I mean, I've always loved the boxing. But I said, so after that fight, obviously, like, you know, Ricky won, which was brilliant. And we were in this, uh, I can't remember what it was, but it was near, uh, Oh, bloody hell, uh, the Reebok Centre. Where's that? Up, up north somewhere. Where's the Reebok Centre? Yes, Bolton. We were right near there. And that's where, where Costa Zoo had this, like, country club. We had the whole floor. 
So the day after the fight was sitting in, it's hard. Listen, we always root for Ricky. Ricky, I'm not saying he's my best pal, but I'm telling you, he did the four to the book for me. Like, he's a great, great fella. I think he's a great ambassador for the sport. Don't care what people say, but he's a true fighter. Just good and bad, you know what I'm saying? He's one of us, you know? You know, so we're sitting there on a Sunday and everyone's a bit despondent because you can't help. We've been with this fella for three weeks. Oh, my God, of course we wanted Ricky to win, but you are sort of like tending to go with Costa, you know what I mean? Because you've been running, you see, we've got his family with him and things like that, and they're treating us really well. You know, so after the fight, we're sitting there, and his car pulls up. There's uh, Ricky gets out, Matt gets out, his dad gets out. Uh, I think, I can't remember, there's about five. I don't, I don't think Billy was out. But I just remember, they all come in and they, and they would shut the down because we were upstairs. They shut the downstairs and they went, right, all of us at the bar, including all the security team. And we sat down there, such a lot. You know, you've got Ricky and, and if you ever see my first book, there's pictures of like us there. And there, there, there's a security team there with Ricky and uh, Costa. And they both had black eyes. They looked like being through the mill. But that, that was, a, you know, what an experience. You know, these, these are people, you look at them, they're like, Legends, ain't they? These are people I could only wish they're going to be half as good as, you know. And they're sitting there, we're having a laugh and a joke, and it's and it's nice now still that I can. I'm not saying because whatever, but I like to think I'm half respected. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, when I had my my little fighters, we got to Ricky out and see him for a week up to Hyde. They were sparring up there, and he had that kind of respect, you know. And then we, you know, like we used to go to Amir Khan's academy, you no know, Joe Gallagher. We were up yeah. there. That was that was brilliant. I mean, it's like again, I think it was just that kind of respect that. Listen, you know, I might have done a, fucked up a few things, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't a bad person as such. You know what I'm saying, Steve? It's I don't know. It's, again, it's just that kind of lifestyle you get pulled into. Did you look after Claudia Schiffer at some point as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was about the same time. I was done. <clears throat> I got my friend actually dug up the photo. I can't get it sent because it's on his phone. But that was about. <clears throat> Well, that, yeah, because it's all the, after the old Garrison fight, because it was the nutter, or was it, yeah, no, it was before, because when it all came, it was the nutter, the nutter that nutted all the league, like Claudia, I mean, I only did a few days, when she came over, she was doing something up at uh, Elf's Court, she was, I think she had the Citroen contract then, what a lovely lady, though, what a lovely lady, I mean, like, I mean, we quite, I mean, I wouldn't, I ain't going to name drop loads of but we, I've been, you know, I was quite lucky, because I always seemed to be the man behind the man, do you know what I'm saying, it was, and that's what we, I mean, I remember Bernard Hopkins come over to a fight, or didn't be come over, do the press thing for Joe Galzaghi. And even he, his press people knew, oh, your son, so you box up, you know, I said, yeah, that's it. And give me his jokes when he went, he gave me a, he gave me an hundred dollar tip. And I said, what I should have done, done was get my sign it. But I can still remember, I went down, to, uh, when you know, they changed the money, and there's me and my old woman, let's read this Indian man up again. Cheers, Bernie. Thank this Indians and we make this Indian takeaway. Like, but yeah, this Bernie Hopkins, Bernard Hopkins, give us this uh, tip. I mean, we, with the boxing, we were, and I was lucky enough, you know, I was around all the top fighters back then, you know, and it's great. I mean, this you love your boxing. So, you know, I was very lucky. Even when I, was, I spoke to him the other day, it was old Scott Welch. And I even top said, lad. Mate, I'm telling you, he puts out, because something came out about Tommy. And did you see, I don't know if you see the other day, he put up on Facebook about when he boxed James Oyabola at Brighton and he beat, that's when he beat for the British and Commonwealth title. When I, I was sparring with him then, I was still an amateur. I think it, was, it must have been about 96, wasn't it, I think, when he boxed Oyabola. Yeah. Because it's just before I turned over. And I remember I sparred with him and he taught me 
the difference between amateurs and pros, and the pros are a lot more, you know what I mean? And, it was like, and I don't mean it like that. I mean, I was some tough fights in the amateurs. But one thing I talked, like, he taught me with the boxing is when you're in there, it's business. There ain't no friends. You're doing a job. And then, I, and that's why, not, you either got it, you ain't, but I always had that spiteful streak, even when I used to spy, and I've got that from Scott. But what I loved about Scott, he taught me so much about life as well, though, not just about boxing, about life. And, all, and I said it to him the other day, I just, te- just texted him, I said, you don't realise, you, you not, don't worry about the boxing, you taught me a lot about life. And they're the things I always remember now, do you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, they were good people, and it's not like if I go to a show, I remember last or the other year I was doing, I was doing a ending up with someone and Scott was there and just so, you know, like you ain't seen like a brother for 10 years. Oh my yeah. God. And he'd always, he's always so low to you. You know, he's always got time for you. And they're, I think they're the true champions in this sport, ain't they, you know? Give us a, give us an idea of what it was like to go into the unlicensed, mate. I mean, I've promoted the unlicensed for nine years and, you know, we met, we met a few times yeah, on, yeah. on the unlicensed circuit. What, what was it, what was it like for you going into that? Did you find it easier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, and I'll be honest with you. I mean, I know we had a great fight with Crispy Bacon. I mean, but and I'm being honest here. The only time I've ever lost, I lost to myself, you know, because, you you know, in our licence, it was like you could cut corners a little bit. You know what I mean? You, you know, you knew, when, I mean, and, you know, it's like I was fighting a lot of big lads from up north, you know, and, then, you know, don't get me wrong, they're, they're tough boys, but a lot of them like to, you know, you know, and uh, believe it or not, when I should have perhaps been on the gear, I wasn't. And it's them, them boys are coming in, you know, and you're getting big lads and they'll like, you know, I've, I've got to be careful what I say because I don't upset my northern uh, my northern fans if I've got any up there. <laughs> but they were quite, you know, they're into bodybuilding, ain't they? They're into being strong. And then my skill could basically get me. Could, again, I was very underrated with my boxing ability. You know, again, I, I think I had about 37 fights. I lost a couple. I lost to Chris. Carl Barwise a lot. And I, I think Danny, I lost to Danny Williams. You know I mean? That was one of the last best fights yet, but that's another story, but uh, you know, and then the other fight, I think I had about 30 something, 30 something first round knockouts because you're getting in, you know, you can't beat that left hook to the body, touch, touch, whip it in, we're going home, you know what I mean? And it's like, you know, it's a, you know, it's you know, Steve, if you know what you're doing in there, you can control the fight even on a bad day, you know what I'm saying? But it's uh, again, I remember boxing Paul Fisk a couple of times on there. And again, it's, I think again, it's where, where friendships have been made, you know, and their friendships for life. Which, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, saying about uh, Dan Lyson, yeah, you know, obviously weren't as physically hard or like you didn't, you know, you could have a bad day in the gym or you didn't have to do that run, you know. But, in, you know, that's always worried me because when I was, when I was pro, it was like, I had to do this, I had to do that. And then obviously when I went on the license, again, it was just, it was easier. But then again, you know, you, there was a couple of points, a lot of Chris Bacon, he was a great fighter, great, another good pal, my, you know, but he's one of them guys that, you know, I haven't spoke to him for a while, but I know if I was in trouble and I called him, I know he'd be there. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like very, very few and far between the people in, in I think, in this whole world that you can, uh, you can call on. But I think it's just one of them sports that you, you know, you get the respect from your fellow fighter kind of thing, win, lose or draw. And as you said, like, we're getting into the, you know, we're getting in there and, and we're doing our stuff. Well, Steve, you weren't a bad fighter, though, if I remember rightly. Or oh, yeah, you I've got, I've got. Uh, listen, for me, I was more <laughs> of a pro- more of a promoter. I remember getting in. I remember getting sparring at um, uh, Glenn McCrory's gym. I think I got a, yeah. a, I got a right hand. I flushed down the middle in the first round, and I thought, this isn't for me. Like, it's more about promoting than boxing for no, me. Go back to, go acting. No, but listen, <laughs> I, was, I mean, 
<laughs> I mean, listen, you look at my face, I've got a face made for radio. I've got a face only a mother can love. <laughs> when I was a baby, I'd go down the road, and that's the lovely pram you got now. So, um, <laughs> I'm going to ask you, where did, the, where did the nickname the Milky Bar Kid come from? Uh, listen, when I, when I was working like years ago, I said, you know, I used to work with a bunch of guys driving lorries. And I said, milky white legs. I, I mean, I'm the only person that hates England. I don't mean like that, but but I want to go and live in Italy, but I can't stand the sun. So I'd sit, I'd just sit in, a, in a corner all the time. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like really weird. But, you know, no, it was, uh, I don't know, shit, that's how I got the name, because I'm a milky white. I know, because I used to wear glasses back in the day. You know, then I'd, I'd uh, laser treatment back in 90, uh, yeah, 96, I had that, so I could turn pro. So, I mean, even back then, yeah, but that's, that's why I got the name, the Milk Bar Kids. So, I remember you know. watching I remember watching a, a documentary as well. You were the focus of a, a documentary on BBC Two, I think it was for the Underground Britain series. Do you remember I, I, when you were deck collecting? Where, I mean, do you, what did you make of that when it came out? Well, I make it now. No, yeah, I'll cringe a little bit because I know now how much I've evolved. Do you know what I mean? Evolved, yeah. got wider. And I had a friend again, a friend of me said to me on Saturday, because I've just seen this documentary. I, I wouldn't have liked you back then. And I said, well, I didn't like me back then either. You know what I mean? I was very, again, I was just so lost. Do you know what I'm saying, Steve? I was living, living, in my eyes, living a lie. And I, even my daughter, when my daughter watched it, she goes, Dad, I didn't, I didn't really like it. I said, I'm, I'm, I've, the amount of people I've had to say sorry to, you know, not because, because just life changes. I, I had to learn the hard way, Steve. And, I, and I'll admit, as you see me, I, I'm not, Swearing on the Bible, but I think you know me. I've learned the hard way. You know, yeah. I ain't that person anymore. You know, that's 18 years ago. Give me a break. Don't no. think I deserve a green card now, don't I? Somewhere along the line. 100%, mate. You, tur you turned your life around for the better. You know, you, yeah, you, basically, I mean, you basically sat down and, and, and you put your life story out there. I mean, you, you mentioned them already, but we'll give them a plug and I'll stick the links in the description box. But, you, you know, your, your boots out of the shadows and uh, into the light. I mean, two cracking reads. And um, what was it like putting those stories together? It was quite hard. It was quite. I mean, listen, we we we're looking to do the third book and the third and fourth book. People going, oh, what do you mean? I mean, but the fourth book or the next book, what Jamie wants to do is going to be more like life now. How hard it is. Probably going to uh, point a little bit on everyone's on the mental health side of things now. Not trying to get on a bandwagon, but there, yeah, you want you want to get, you know, you want to walk back my head for a couple of days, you know, I mean, ain't good, you know what I'm saying? It's, but this other book, we're going to call it, and I said to him, it's, self, it's a self-seller, and it's going to be called What About Me? And it's going to be stories from other people about my life. I could, you know, I've got a list of about 100 people that I said, Jamie, just phone these people up, they tell you all the stories you want to hear. And they're all, you know, there's funny stories, bad stories, good stories, Stories that make you cry, but in it be, and I, I, that's a self seller because I know people that probably buy 50 books and they put their own stories in it. Do you know what I mean? So, but it, it's, you know, what I liked about Jamie, we come, he come around my house and he stayed with me for about a week and he just said, Look, it, I'm not what people think. I mean, that, that documentary, even the Danny Dyer's thing, doesn't not do me justice, but people don't know me. So, you probably know me better than most people do. Yeah. Because I don't, you know, going that that documentary we did there, that that don't that's eighteen years ago. Forget that person. That that's a Neanderthal. Because like, I was going, give me a break, guys. Come on, I learned the hard way. You know, what's when they say, oh, I see this documentary. I said, see the documentary, yeah, mate. I've got fractures going seventy stitches. I paid the price. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like leave me alone now. I I truly believe. Listen, 
I don't, I, I wouldn't say I've changed, but I've got, I've evolved, got older, got wiser. It's like yourself. You put me in a corner, I'm going to come, going to come out one way, ain't I? I'm coming out fighting. And that's all I know. Like, my best form of defence is attack. But, like, you know, I've got no reason to be that person anymore. As long as you leave me alone, you know, you leave, leave my daughter alone, don't go near my daughter, and then you'll never, that person, like that, that person. But sometimes I feel like, a bit like a volcano, do you know what I'm saying? It's like, underneath, it's like, I can feel it sometimes, you know? Not every day is a good day. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And it, but then like, it's, you know, I, get, I still, I still, you know, people ring me up nowadays, I've got some work for you, if I'm no, not interested. You know, and it's silly money. No, I don't, it's not about money now. Do you know what I want? I just want to be happy, mate. And going, if we've been honest with you, since I split up with the old woman, like, been a while now, there's always been that emptiness there. And I keep, I said it before, I said it on Jamie, everybody, I said, going, there's, this, there's this empty hole. And it, and it's, I don't know, will it, will it ever get filled? I don't know, you know, it's, it, that's hard. See, when I'm with Bella, I'm happy. That's the happiest you'll see when I'm doing. When I'm on my own, it's like me waiting to do this tonight. I'm sitting there, me nuts going, think about things that I'm thinking, what am I thinking about that for? Think, things that are non, you know what they say about an overthinker? It's like, then I can't do nothing. There's nothing I can do about that. Like, leave me alone. It was like I was sitting in a, in a cafe today or having breakfast and a couple of fellas walked in, just sat there and I'm going, I don't like them too. But I just think, well, I'm beginning to do nothing wrong. But that's that old mentality, do you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's still there. So, you know what I say about yeah. your gut ways. Not that, you know, the, you know, I was thinking about my mate, uh, like my mate, Nicky Theo. He was with me and he's obviously had some, he's got, you know, trying to, this fight going on with John Fuhr, and he went everywhere we go, like, if, no, if people don't recognise me, they recognise him. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's like, you know, but you think sometimes, you think, what's he looking at me for? What's that about? Well, you know what I mean? But then going, it's, I mean, you've got, you know, I'm a big guy. They were big, you know, big guys look at big guys, don't they? Because, you know, it's like you go somewhere, you're always trying to suss things out. And it's like, you know, it's me being paranoid. Well, I hope it is. <laughs> if you don't do anything first. You've knocked the drink. You knocked the drink on the head, Dom, as well. You, you've been off yeah. it for a year, is it? Did he say? Nearly, nearly a, a year clean. Uh, if you want, uh, Christmas Day last year, my last drink, and uh, just something happened. Uh, and I'll tell you again, to the truth. Again, it's like it's like being honest because you sit there. You know, I sit to someone the other day. I can lie to you all day long, but when I'm sitting on, indoors on my own, I can't lie to myself. Well, I don't. And what it was, Christmas Day, I'm indoors on my own. weren't expecting bellows at a mum's, things like that. I've had half a bottle of whiskey because I'm sitting in the door watching the telly. I've made a fight like this, Christmas Day fight. About five o'clock, all of a sudden, where are you? You've got to come through gates. The buzzer's ringing. Who's that? And of course, it's my daughter. Oh, me and mummy have bought me some dinner. Of course, I'm half cut. And it's like, then, then the next fella didn't say that. No, we are. And they went. And they asked, if I'm Nick up the next day, I said, oh, thanks, thanks. Because you want to, you know, it was disgusting there you were. I said, what do you mean? Then I've gone into one. I go, but you weren't supposed to come around yesterday. It's my day. It's like, I finished work. Just want to be, leave me alone, relax on me. And you turn up. I never told you to turn up. Because if you turned up, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have had a drink. But then that just made me realize, Do you know what? I rather have anything now. And I feel, even though me, it's like, I get some terrible headaches sometimes. But it's like, uh, I sat there and it's like, Do you know what? I feel a lot better. I can control my feelings a little bit more. But it's just, it's, I mean, even like when you talk about drugs, people go, well, you do drugs. I said, well, I've done drugs for years. Couldn't, you know, probably about three years ago, I'd be last, if we're being honest, and it's like, how honest you want us to be, with my little last little total. I was about three years ago, and I didn't even like it then. It's, I was never a big drug kind of guy. It was more, I'd have a drink, and then 
with me, I could go into certain bars. I mean, this Blue Mondays, just love Blue Mondays. And he's a, uh, a friend of ours, uh, Murphy, uh, Spencer, Spencer Murphy owned it. Poor, I put him through some shit I did, poor fucker. But this point, I'm walking there, new straight away, five down, I'd have, a, I'd have a pint of Guinness and a double scotch. And if you knew I had that, just pull, pull the shutter down, mate, something's going off. Or I could walk in and have a glass of red wine. Red, red wine, if the ladies are listening, the red wine, I mean, you're going to get the ump. Oh, it's like Viagra to me, you know. Don't look at me like that, Steve. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not cheaping, you know? <laughs> I need more than a glass of wine. No, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, but then I just realised, you know what? I'm better off without it. And it's like I said, we got a guy, a friend of ours, if I'm allowed to say this, uh, he's got COVID. Um, I didn't realise he's really bad. His, his son's phone us up the other day and they've had to induce him into a coma. You know, Christmas is coming, everything's a bit tight. So we're trying to do, uh, uh, his name's Marky Wilson. Good guy, good guy. Like one of the team down the gym. And we just said, look, we can't do nothing now till February. But I'll fight in February. I'll do a charity fight. Just to, And every every ticket I sell, I'll put a tenner in a pot for him. You know, it won't be fortunes, but hopefully we'll nick him a few grand between all of us. So that, that gets me back in the gym a little bit. Listen, I'm not going to be bloody... You know, I'm not going to do a 10 round. I'll do three twos. You know, I mean, if, if someone, you know, we've got, we've got some people, you know, in line. But it's like, people go, why are you fighting? Why are you? I said, listen, I'm 51 years old. You know, I'm not saying, don't get me wrong. You know, I don't trust anybody. You know, I'm, I'm going there to do the business, but I'm not going to fight some young 21 year old that said like 10 fights, nine, not, you know, because on the unlicensed, there's some good boys coming through. You know, it's, yeah. You're t- you must see it up your way. I mean, it's like, I think the quality of the unlicensed has changed a lot now. It's getting. I mean, what I used to use the unlicensed for when I did, I had that boy Jones Jr. I had that uh, Santi Sahota, uh, uh, Liam Dillon, but he, he turns other people. And even well, there's a good kid out there now. He's just signed to fight Brad Skeet at Hamza Shiraz. Don't know if you've heard of him. He's yeah. a kid to. Well, he's fighting at the copper box. He's fighting Bradley Skeet. And that's probably going to, I mean, I'll get some tickets, but that's probably the first pro show I've been to in years. He but debuted on my show, I think. I did one with Joe, uh, Joe Pyle Jr. a couple of years ago. And, uh, yeah, he's some talent, Shiraz. Really yeah. is. Big, tall kid can bang and really it. But once that is like, but I'm going to go, but these guys, so like we use that as a stepping stone to the pros. You know what I'm saying? It's like with the amateurs, amateurs, amateurs. You, you know, when I say you're semi-pro, we're talking there, we ain't bullshitting each other. You're either pro or you're amateur. This unlicensed is a different thing altogether. So, I mean, I don't know, I mean, it's different if you say you're promoting semi-pro. I'm not saying anything bad, but I just all I love when they say to me, listen, I won the World Heavyweight title, but you don't be, don't get me going, yeah, well, I'm up there with something, so I'll just keep down the low low. You know, that belt's in the, in the cupboard somewhere, I think, with my underpants on. But it's like, you know, you know what I'm saying, listen, I'm not going to be sitting there. Like, I want every title I've ever fought for now. I think I want about six or seven different belts. But yeah. then belts are, are hooked up next to me trouser belt. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, and my black karate belt. Or my brown or whatever. But it, it, it's like, but we used it with the lads coming through before they went pro to see what it's like without the vests on in front of a, a crowd with the, with the proper gloves on. And it, and it did. It's like... You know, we put our own shows on there. We've got some good people down there. We've got that Jack Shepard. He does a lot of stuff at York. I mean, we've got, obviously, like, we've got Sparta with Ian Wilson. They put some good little shows. And then, obviously, we worked a lot with um, Alan Mortlock with the IPA. You know, there's him and, and uh, I'm just trying to think, Vic Smith. They do a lot. Now, Vic's got more on the pro side now. I mean, it's great. I mean, we were quite fortunate down there. 
And we were quite lucky. I mean, I think it was Reese Street. I don't know if you know, do you know Reese from up your way? Yeah. That he bought you, I should think his fighters down very reliable. And there's a kid out there now called uh, Isaac Gibbs. I think they called him the Gypsy Kid. He's had like 300 fights. He boxed the other night. He's boxing the night. He come down box our lad once. But I mean, I see him all the time. He's gone up to every weight now. Isaac, keep your phone. I might be calling you in February. <laughs> but no, <laughs> take it easy on the old man. No, but no, it's just like, so with the boxing, again, it's like you you go and, I used to have a lad out there, Robin Deakin. He's a good guy. He was, a, he was strong. And John Spencer, I think John Spencer has just gone pro. Um, yeah. But they're, they're, they're tough boys, you know what I mean? And I don't care who they fight. They don't get an easy bloody hell. You know, but it's like, um, you know, again, you know, except with this February thing, I mean, I always fancy fighting. Was it Lee Foch? No, Cole's brother. I think he's in around John Ashton. Yeah. Up at uh, Birmingham, I think that way. Is it that way kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, that's or, right. <laughs> always, I mean, I always fancy that they never come. I'm not like, listen, John, uh, Lee, Lee's a good fighter, very underrated. But I thought you were really, listening, you know, don't sound again, sound like a divvy. You put my name on a post, it sells a show out, doesn't it? You know, because you always know with me, you, you're going to get what you what you see is what you get. I'm coming at guns blazing. But like, also, like, I, can, I still can sell a ticket. So I think there's still a few people out that want to see me get beaten up. <laughs> well, listen, Dom, it's been a, it's been an absolute pleasure. The clock has beaten us. Um, you, you've got your new book coming out. We're going to keep an eye over your fight. Well, do me the do me the honour of letting me know when this fight is, so yeah. I can give it a bit of a push. And I'd love to come down and give you some support and help you raise some money. I'm in, but thank you, so I've always rated you, mate. I mean that. I've always rated you. All Top right, man. Safe, mate. Love you, mate. Take care. Yeah, listen. Take care and look forward to seeing you soon, mate. God bless you. Love, love you, mate. Thank you. Thanks for your time. Bye-bye, mate. Uh...